welcome to another episode of Sakamichi Nights. A firm body, a tight tan head, and a slightly fruity and tart finish. I am, of course, joined by Daniel Bellamy. That was great. How are you doing today? Thanks. Uh, After that, pretty good. I was feeling a little down, but your words have... I mean, you are the wind beneath my wings. I've managed to lift your spirits a little bit. Yeah. How uh, how was your day today? Uh, Day's been pretty good. I spent some time... Uh, doing some painting, what we've been doing in the back there, mm. huffing some paint fumes. No wonder your spirits have been lifted. Yeah, you've been huffing white spirits yeah. all day. It's been good. I um I had a wonderful time this afternoon going to various Japanese um, bureaucratic offices. I know you um, love it. I I do love it. It's always a delight. I got to go to the town hall. Um, if you're not familiar with Japanese town halls. They're large buildings where lots of civil servants work that are located as far away from any station as they possibly can be in every Japanese town. Uh, and we had to uh, do some pension stuff today. So mm. I cycled all the way over to the town hall uh, and I went to the pension desk and showed them the, the stack of letters we got. And they said, yes, we are the pension desk. But unfortunately, we cannot help you. You need to go to the pension sub office. Naturally. Which is actually, and they call that little map, right next to the tap room. So I got oh, to really? cycle all the way back wow. here. You didn't see me zip past on my bicycle on the way mm. back. But uh, I got to spend a delightful afternoon dealing with Japanese bureaucracy. You did say they were very nice, though. They were they very, very nice. helpful. Yes. Um, of all of the Japanese bureaucratic offices I've been to, they were perhaps the second nicest mm. after the sewage guys. Um, yeah, I remember you saying that they were... The sewage guys were so friendly and yeah. so happy to see me because I think everybody who ever comes to talk to them is like, my toilet just exploded. What are you going to do about mm, it? Yeah. So I was there saying, hey, I want to start, start a craft brewery. What can I flush down the drains <laughs> at this address? Uh, and they actually, they were also the only people to have information in English. They had a whole booklet printed out about exactly what you were and weren't allowed to flush down the toilet. Maybe for everything else, like your taxes and pension and everything else. It's like, you will figure it out because it's important to you. Right. But what can you put down the toilet? That's important to them. Yes. They're the ones who are going to have to get it out of the toilet. So they want to make it very clear what you can and more importantly, cannot put down the toilet. So a delightful day today. Now here at Sakamichi Nights, I think I'm right in saying that this is not a review show. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, that's correct. We are not here to review the beer, but I've brought in something else this week that I thought perhaps we could review. Oh, okay. Um, I was cycling around at the weekend. So it is a review show. Well, we're not a beer review show. Okay. But maybe we can review other things. Right. Okay. Hey, if this goes well, this could even be a recurring segment. It's a brave new world. So I was cycling around town on Sunday and I went to an import food store and I found this bag of... Vidal gummy spicy mangoes and I thought to myself who likes weird and unpleasant snacks I know who likes weird and unpleasant snacks you Daniel do. Bellamy you do <laughs> <laughs> you're a big fan of of weird and unpleasant snacks uh, I remember you buying the giga pudding before that liter of pudding yeah um, it so was man-sized, I think, wasn't it? It was it was like man pudding. Man pudding, yes, specifically. <laughs> what could be more manly <laughs> you than you a liter of pudding? You want to know what drew me to it? Yeah, a pint of pudding. So I thought that we could. Um, well, why don't you do the honors? Why don't you crack open this bag of Vidal gummy spicy mangoes? We can taste them, and then 
hey, two thumbs up, two thumbs down style review of right. these things. There you go. We should be clear. These, this is a, these are candies. This is yes. not actual mango. No, they're, they're gummies. Yes. Have you read what's in these? Uh, I prefer not to know, to be perfectly honest. That's, uh, that's although probably the way to go. I, on the front, it does say that they... You know, it doesn't look that bad. Okay. There is titanium dioxide in it. All right. That's isn't, probably fine. Isn't that thermite? <laughs> I don't know. Are we going to break into a safe with these things? Interestingly, no. Well, perhaps not interestingly, but th there's nothing on here that says uh, mango. Well, that you're, that's good because you're allergic to mango. There are uh, natural and artificial flavors, okay. so hopefully the mango is coming through in those. Uh, there, I did see some. There was some uh, actual. Where was it? There was some actual uh, heat in these somewhere. Hmm. There's a tiny bit of heat. I wouldn't call them spicy. Yeah, it gets you uh, right at the end, but very perfumey. That might be the natural flavorings. Um, Fat-free though, peanut-free, and gluten-free. Well, sure that's you'll be good. Glad to hear. Mm. Um, only 110 calories per serving, but a serving is five pieces. What's your review of um, the Vidal spicy mango? This is quite exciting because we don't ever just get to say this is good and okay. this is bad. Well, which ones are going to be? Uh, these are bad. Okay. Why are they bad? Uh, don't... Flesh that one out. I don't care for the texture. Right. They're kind of gummy, but they're also kind of like air-filled in a way. Mm. Kind of foamy mm. somewhat when mm. you chew them. It's a bit like eating a packing peanut. A little bit, yeah. They taste... Uh, they definitely smell like mango, and there's definitely some mango flavor to them. Uh, I don't... I don't really care for how artificial they feel in my mouth. Mm -hmm. And the spiciness is very strange at the end. It's a bit of warmth, but not, not quite actual spice. I, I agree with you. I think two thumbs down for these. Um, there are an awful lot of ingredients listed on this list, including, as you said, titanium dioxide. Mm. Not quite sure what that's doing in here. Uh, and they have a kind of weird chemically perfumey kind of flavor rather than yeah. a mango kind of flavor. Mm. So n not a hit, these ones. Uh, let's move on quickly to, to check in with our sponsor for this week before we get into the beer, though. Um, let me just check my notes. The sponsor for this week is um, Vidal Spicy Mango Gummies, uh, the sweet with the heat. Thank you very much for sponsoring the Sakamichi Nights podcast, Vidal Spicy Gummy. Mangoes. This might be uh, the first time that we actually had something tangible from our sponsors. I mean, initially, our, our first sponsor, I believe, was The Sun. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess... We've also been sponsored by something. Wheat. I would like to point out that I paid for these with my own money. Vidal did not send us these for free. What, how, how, does, how are you negotiating these sponsorship deals? Poorly. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> it would appear. What is, um, what is the beer that we're going to be not, not reviewing, reviewing. Yeah. this week? Uh to this week we are going to drink a bit of uh i'm gonna i'm gonna massacre it i i assume chomolungma 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 do you do you think you, how much do you pronounce the g chomolungma i think is you're saying much? That, i think that is a hundred percent correct chomolungma chomolungma all right chomolungma which is a brown ale brewed with honey uh, from Jackie O's Brewery in Ohio, in mm. Athens, Ohio, I believe, which is where Ohio University is. Honey Nut Brown Ale. That's correct. Right. Yeah. What is Chomolungma? 
It's the uh, the original name for Mount Everest. Right. Interesting. So why is this beer called Chomolumba? You know what? You're pushing my knowledge of Chomolumba a little too far. It uh, does have a rather fetching Yeti on the can, though. Uh, I really the... like this guy. He looks like he's had quite a lot to drink, but he's still holding it together just about. Yeah. Uh, he needs a good brushing, I think. Uh, but yeah, he looks Done like well. he's a real party animal. Um, I don't, uh, I'm not totally sure what the connection is between a brewery in, in a college town in Ohio and Mount Everest, but, uh, well, we've had some other Jackie O stuff and we actually had this beer on tap mm. and it was real nice. Uh, we had the Raz Wheat, which we have in cans as well. We had that on tap. That was also quite delicious. Uh, we got a couple other Jackie O's in the fridge. We got Mystic Mama, which they call a West Coast style IPA, mm. which to me tastes like West Coast IPA. Okay. Uh, we have two sours from them that we had touched on on a previous uh, podcast when we talked about how sours are made. Right. Two different uh, American sour ales. The salt and the papitum. That's right. Papitum, yeah. Something like that. Uh, are you very familiar with Athens, Ohio? I am a little familiar with it. My brother attended Ohio University for a couple of years, and uh, it's it's a pretty big school. I think at the time it was about twenty thousand students. Athens is is not not a huge town. It's mostly there for the for the university, I think. Mm. Uh, but Ohio University, at least when my brother went there, not because my brother went there and he didn't go there because of this, but it was known as a as a massive party school. Right. Uh, specifically, the Halloween party at Ohio University was legendary for its levels of drunkenness and debauchery. Shenanigans. Shenanigans were, yes, uh, very high levels of sh- shenaniganery. Did your brother get into the shenanigans very much? Yeah, why not? When you're there and you're a student, like, sure, that's I what you do. Halloween is a much bigger thing in America than it is in the UK. We're exporting it, though. It's, it's catching yeah, it's, on. it's becoming more of a thing in the UK now. But I'm always kind of surprised to see, at least in movies and TV shows, how seriously Halloween is taken in the US. Yeah. Everyone gets dressed up in costumes, and they go to parties and get pretty wild. People get murdered a lot. There's a lot of... But that happens all the time in America. In the movies. Right, yes. Yeah, and just in America. Yeah. Uh, we, um, when I was, I grew up in Australia, as you know, yes. maybe our listeners don't know, but I grew up in Australia and at, I had, when I was a child, I, my best friend who lived in the neighborhood was this girl named Samantha. And one day, I have no idea what day of the year it was, but one day she said to me, Hey, it's Halloween. Right. And I, this is where I was a fully fledged Australian child. We had moved there when I was two. So... You know, you were like fair dinkum, Cobra. Yeah, that's exactly what I said yeah. to her. Uh, she said, "Let's uh, let's put some costumes together and we'll go trick or treating." Right. And this was in Australia. Let's say mid eighties. Uh, nobody in Australia knew what Halloween was. Right. Uh, it must have been Halloween because my mom, I think, helped us make some like classic kind of sheet ghost costumes where right, we cut right. some eye holes. We then went around to houses and we went through the apartment building where she lived knocking on doors and saying trick or treat in ghost costumes. And let me tell you, people did not know what was going on <laughs> at all. Did you get any treats? I mean, people were giving us like... Castle made for it. Here's like a slice of cheese and like <laughs> an apple and, you know, some pennies and stuff like that. Right. It was, I think, I think people enjoyed it, but they did not know what to do about it. Enough faffing, let's crack open the beer. 
tell me what you think about Chomolimma. This to me tastes like autumn. Mm. It's a, it's a very autumny kind of beer, and it might have be might be because it was kind of an autumny day today. Mm. So I was riding my bicycle around town. I'm still in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, and it was a little bit chilly today. Mm. Let me tell you. Um, so I'm kind of getting damp leaves, bonfires, pumpkins. I don't know if I get a lot of honey out of it, mm. but there's a real sense of autumn from yeah. the beer. What about you? Yeah, I think the the nut character comes through much more strongly. I often find with beers that have honey in them, I don't so much as taste honey specifically, but I think the honey adds uh, a bit of smoothness and a bit of richness to it. And I, I feel like I taste this in there. Uh, I taste a bit of kind of chestnutty flavor. Mm, uh, and I get a lot of roastiness in the nose, especially. Right. Uh, but yeah, definitely it's a, it's a solid kind of it tastes like a, an autumn sipper to me. I think with honey, you often just really don't get any carry through into the character of the beer because honey is almost entirely sugar, right? And the yeast just eats sure. all of that yeah. sugar. So if you're using just plain honey that you buy at the grocery store, you're probably not going to be able to taste that at all in the final beer. But um, I think they use kind of some nice wildflower honey mm. from Ohio. So something with a slightly more complex mm -hmm. character to it, a bit more flavor to it. Yeah. So maybe there is a, a little bit of the honey character yeah. here. A really pleasant beer though. Um, definitely one for, for autumn. It does feel like autumn is kind of here, isn't it? From today, I saw in Japan for the first time, Starbucks, or maybe for the first time in a long time, Starbucks is carrying pumpkin spice lattes. Mm. That's been a big thing on Twitter recently. Hasn't People it? are excited. Have you ever had a pumpkin spice latte? I have not. What do you imagine it tastes like? I've never had one either, so we can speculate all we like. What do you think it tastes like? Does it taste like a pumpkin? I, I've had some of those. You and I both just like coffee, right? I just drink black right, coffee. Yeah. You drink coffee with a bit of milk in it. Um... I've, I have had some of those kind of fancy Starbucks drinks in the past. There's not a ton of coffee flavor to them. They're, right. they're very sweet in general. I think if you're, if you're going to one of them looking for coffee, though, you're probably not going to get it, right? It's, it's almost like a dessert or a mm. kind of sweet treat sure, that you're getting yeah. instead, isn't it? So I'm guessing that this pumpkin spice latte, uh, I, I, yeah, kind of that sweet pumpkin-y flavor. Mm. I don't know what I don't know what the spice part of it is. Is it right. that the pumpkin has been turned into a spice and is added to it, uh, or is it in some way spicy is it and the, tastes like pumpkin? Is it the spice melange that yeah. will allow you to fold space time yes, and right. see through history? Yes, only produced on one planet. Exactly. Yeah, that must be why it's so rare and mm. unusual. Uh, I'm guessing that the spice is cinnamon, and that the pumpkin spice latte tastes of cinnamon and sugar. Okay. With no pumpkin flavor. They must have a pumpkin syrup Does or something. Does pumpkin have a particularly it. strong flavor? It's mostly just starch, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I recognize the flavor of pumpkin. Mm. There are, um, during uh, Halloween and around about this time of year, there are a bunch of uh, pumpkin beers that come out. That's right. We had some of those last year. Are there any particular autumn beers that you're looking forward to this year? We have pre-ordered last year we ordered a case of the cans of it and it was so popular that this year we ordered a keg of it we were a little unsure last year but it's the uh 
uh, the new Belgium Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin, right? Which is a pumpkin ale that is that is also spiced. In fact, a pumpkin yes. spiced ale you might call it, but it's, uh, it's spiced with spicy. chilies. Yes, yeah. yes. It was it was great, wasn't it? It's a very interesting beer, but people really enjoyed it when we had the cans last year. I think um, all of the pumpkin beers and Halloween type beers that we had in last year were all really popular, mm. much more popular than I was expecting them to be, and they flew out of the fridge very quickly. There was that one, there was um, the Denver beer, pumpkin beer mm-hmm. as well, uh, and there was a, a Graham Cracker Porter, also a Denver Graham beer. Cracker yeah. Porter, mm. uh, which was extremely nice. Yes. So if we can get some more of that in this year, mm. I will definitely be looking forward to that. Mm. Speaking of Twitter. Um, we've actually had some questions from listeners mm. for the first time ever this week. Proof that we have at least one listener. Proof that we have at least one Twitter follower. Oh, I think. yeah, okay. Well, um, maybe once we answer these questions, we'll have one listener. Or maybe one fewer Twitter <laughs> followers. Who knows? But thank you to T Bean Pod for sending in your questions. Um, I think we briefly looked at these before the show, um, but I... We didn't really talk about them, so I'm interested to get your NAMA takes on all of these. Mm. Um, first question from T Bean Pod: What are your fir- what are your favorite non-beer alcoholic beverages? Do you drink any alcoholic beverages that are not beer? Sure. Uh, at home, I drink a lot of wine mm. and uh, go through a bit of tequila as well. Really? Yeah. You're drinking tequila at home. How do you drink tequila at home? Largely making palomas. What's a paloma? Paloma is uh, tequila and lime juice and grapefruit soda. Okay. Delicious. As a summer cocktail, it's fantastic. Do you do you only make that with tequila, or could you substitute it for some other more delicious alcohol? Tequila is very delicious, Mm. but uh, I, I I assume you could substitute with other things. Those are pretty standard cocktail ingredients but yeah paloma is a great summer cocktail very tasty if you can get like a less sweet traditional paloma is meant to be made with a specific kind of mexican grapefruit soda which i assume has like a kilo of cane sugar in each bottle okay um but for me personally i like kind of less sweet things so uh, if you can find like a drier kind of more grapefruity, less sweet soda to mix with it, uh, it's it's really excellent. Something bitter and sour mm. and uh, very very cold yep. as well. Um, this summer, I've been drinking quite a lot of Umeshu soda. Mm. I think especially after a long hot day, riding bike around town or something, like mm-hmm. a big tall glass with lots of ice and lots of soda water, and then just a little splash of Umeshu over the top mm. is extremely refreshing right um i think that or a mojito might mm-hmm. be my two uh my two summer drinks of choice i like mojitos but i have never made one for myself right is there a lot of prep you get it, it requires mint is that so i grow mint at home for mojitos specifically mm. and i actually have planted a lime tree in my garden so in the future i might be able to have my own limes Mojito for the mojitos factory. as well Summer of the mojito. Um, all I've got to do now is plant some cane sugar so I can make my own rum at home mm. as well. You'll be ready to go. Uh, but yeah, mojito is just uh, rum, lime juice, sugar, mint, topped up with soda water. Right. It's very, very refreshing. Yeah, I should be doing that. 
What about in the winter? Do you have any cold weather alcoholic beverages that you turn to? I largely just switch to uh, much heavier on the red wine mm. in winter. Mm. I like uh, I like my uh, preference in red wine is really kind of full-bodied spicy stuff. So that lends itself really well. To, I like real heavy red wines. Mm. Uh, so in winter, I, I find that's kind of perfect for me. Yeah, I think so. And especially with the kind of food that you tend to eat in winter mm. as well. You're, you're Heavier eating dishes as stick well. Stick to your ribs kind of dishes. Yes, you need a heavy, sure. full-bodied wine mm. to deal with that. Um, last Christmas, I made some hot buttered rum for myself for yeah. the first time. You ever mm. have any hot buttered rum? I don't think so. It's basically just rum with sugar and butter mixed into it and some hot water as well. Okay. Is that a good thing? Uh, it was very delicious, mm. but I, I don't think it's something you could drink on a regular basis. Right. You'd be dead in six months right. if you were drinking that on a regular basis. So there's a reason it's only drunk at Christmas or New Year. Yes. I feel. Do you have eggnog in England? What is eggnog? Is it made from actual eggs? It sounds disgusting. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you have to nog the eggs, first of all. Of That's course. the important part. You always got to nog the eggs. You're, you're exposing my lack of knowledge about eggnog. I know we, my brother used to make eggnog. My brother is, is, like most of the members of my family, he's big into cooking, and he has always been one to just go, I would like to know how to make this thing, and okay. he will start making it. And then at some point when he was, uh, so we were drinking eggnog, non-alcoholic eggnog, and that's not the way to do eggnog. At some point when he uh, turned drinking age, we started making at Christmas time uh, alcoholic eggnog, very booze-heavy eggnog. Okay. Is and it kind of a boozy custard? Well, it's a drink, right? It's yeah. fully a drink. It's not, there's no solidity to it. I don't know. It's really hard to describe. It's creamy and rich. I think you put cinnamon on it. Uh, I haven't had it in a very long time, but I do remember enjoying it. But it's so rich, you can't drink a lot of it. Right, right. Uh, and when my brother makes it, it has a lot of booze in it, so right. you can't drink a lot of it. You just boil an egg, pull the uh, yolk out, and then do shots of tequila out of what's left. <laughs> yes, yes. So you have had it. Okay, yeah. You do have it in England. Excellent question, TB and Pod. Uh, question number two. I've been drinking a lot of alcohol-free beers lately. Do you have any recommendations? Uh, TB and Pod is partial to the all-free lime shot. Do you have any alcohol-free beer recommendations? I think I just drink a glass of water. Yeah, just drink something else. Okay, um, Shibasaki Session is only 4.5%. It's basically non-alcoholic. Yeah, you could have one of those, definitely. Um, but I, I, I don't like alcohol-free beer. I, I think it never tastes like beer mm. and it's not delicious enough to drink by itself. If I want a soft drink, I'll just have a soft drink. I'll have some soda water and lime juice or something. Mm. I think I have tasted maybe one or two of these kind of non-alcoholic beers in my life. Mm. I didn't really care for them. And also I don't, uh, I don't find myself in a position where I feel like I need to drink them for whatever reason. Right. I understand yeah. that some people, uh, drive if you're driving yeah. and you, you want to, I don't know, feel like you're still having a beer, but not actually have a beer. I'm not like, I understand that there are reasons why people want to drink these kind of things. Uh, I don't, I have never discovered those reasons for myself. I was once gifted a can of Kirin All Free. Um, still in your fridge. For joining a gym. It was like, hey, welcome to the gym. Let me give you the tour. Okay, thanks very much. Here's a can of uh, alcohol-free beer I on your way out. I'm going to need this month's payment back. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I think I did try it, but... 
it, it was extremely unmemorable. Mm. Um, basically, though, beer is made out of barley, so just have some mugicha. It's essentially the same thing. Beer right. is just aged mugicha. Mm. So mugicha is full of uh, minerals, as is beer. Um, that's our recommendation for an alcohol-free beer. There is a market for it, though. I know that uh, like some of the some of the large breweries have been moving into that space, not to replace their other stuff, but as an offering for people who want it. I saw that BrewDog had, I think, a fully non-alcoholic beer and also something like a 0.5 or 0.4 percent beer as well yeah Yeah. so i think some of the big breweries lagunitas maybe as Mm. well was doing it there's a market for it i think so it's nice to see that there are breweries experimenting with the format and Mm. and hopefully there will be nice tasting things available for people who want that beer for kids it's the perfect introduction indeed question number three who would win a drinking contest between you two I think he means us two. Mm-hmm. And the Japan Distilled Boys. Yee. What's your answer here? The Japan Distilled are, are whiskey drinkers, are they? Uh, I believe that shochu and, well, mostly shochu, but also sake. Well, sake is not distilled. Mm. Really exposing my ignorance of the Japan Distilled Boys here. Um, I think they mostly drink shochu. At least they, that's what they were drinking in the episodes of their podcast. That right. I, to. I like a bit of shochu. That's not the question, though. The question is, who would win a drinking contest? Uh, I, I'm going to bet on us. Why not? I think it depends what we were drinking. Like if it was beer, I think we would have the upper hand. If it was shochu, not a huge fan. I think they're more experienced shochu drinkers than mm. we are. Um, but if we were drinking something nice, like a beer, then I think we would probably come out on top. Mm. Uh, there is really only one way to find out, though. The uh, Japan Distill Boys are going to have to come in here and appear on the podcast, and we'll have an Indiana Jones-style drink-off um, live on Sakamichi nights. Mm. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Uh, Japan Distilled Boys. Mm. We, we really should have looked up what their thing is before <laughs> trying to address them live on our podcast. I, I have actually listened to their podcast. Mm. So it's Christopher Pellegrini and Stephen Lyman. I, I believe, recognize both of those names. I believe Christopher Pellegrini lives around here somewhere. Okay. Um, Stephen Lyman, I think, lives in Fukuoka. I mm. could be wrong about that. Um, so it might be a bit difficult to do an in-person drinking contest. Right. But uh, definitely, we challenge them to come in here um, anytime. Pick your date, pick your pick your time, mm. uh, and we will uh, enjoy some sensible beers together. Right. Uh, I don't think drinking to excess is going to lead to any good things. But uh, if we are to to enjoy some nice drinks together, I think the real winner would be society. Because of the podcast yes. that we would make yes. while getting smashed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. What else is going on on Twitter? There was a bit of drama. Was there? What kind of drama was there on Twitter? Pretty pretty standard internet drama in a nutshell. Uh, yeah, part of it was with the pumpkin, pumpkin spice lattes as well, I believe. People were enjoying things. Right. And having that. other people uh, took umbrage with that. It was, uh, you know, the way the internet works these days. Uh, apparently, Family Mart released some socks. I have uh, seen these, yeah. They were kind of throwback, uh, like 80s, uh, 80s style knee-high socks with the like white socks with the Family Mart colors kind of mm. banded around the top. Mm. I thought they were quite cool. Like It looked good, I thought, in that in a kind of retro way. Some yeah. people bought them, said they were nice. 
Other people said, those look cool. I'm going to go try those out. Pictures of the Family Mart socks started uh, flooding Twitter. And then people were annoyed. Twitter's hottest item, Twitter's hottest controversy since since Bean Dad, I suppose. Mm. Um, if I was going to wear some uh, convenience store branded socks, I don't think Family Mart is the one I would go for. Okay. So, um, although I don't like the store, I'm going to say Mini Stop. I would want Mini Stop socks. Mm. Why is that? I just think the colors work well together. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'd probably go with a hipster choice like Seiko Mart. Because, you know, it's only a Hokkaido thing. And so if you were rocking some Seiko Mart gear around here, people what, would be... What are the Seiko Mart colors? I've got no idea. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I have been, uh, you know, people in Hokkaido go nuts for Seiko Mart, right? They, they in, in the lingo of our times, they stand hard for Seiko Mart. They're simping for Seiko Mart. Yeah, I've been to Seiko Mart a lot, and like bike traveling up through Sapporo and on business trips and things too, or bike traveling through Hokkaido and business trips up to Sapporo and stuff. It's not that great. It's just a convenience it's, store. It's, I would say that it's subpar to the established big boys like 7-Eleven and Family Mart. I tell you what, though, I would wear some Udora socks, definitely. Would they just be like an Udora? Yes. I want Just the with, eyes. The, with yeah. the mouth on the side. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. This has kind of been the pattern of this show, hasn't it? You make a statement. I ask a follow-up question. You go, I have no idea about this. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions. I have no more information here. Do you really realize that the, 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 the breadth of my knowledge might be vast, but the depth of my knowledge is fingernail scratching deep? Like one follow-up question is enough to expose that I have delivered all of the information I have on this topic. I tell you what we didn't follow up on this mm. week, though, and that is the Chomolongma, this delicious honey nut brown ale. Mm. Um, we haven't paired this beer yet. Oh, my we? goodness. So prepare to spin the wheel of pairings. Prepare to pair. I have my dice here. Uh, the eight options, as always, are number one, food or cuisine. Number two, TV or movies. Number three, music. Number four, video game. Number five, location. Number six, activity. Number seven, drinking companion. That's got to be the Japan Still Boys, hasn't it? Mm. And number eight, wild card. So let's roll the dice. Number three, music. Mm. Interesting. So Chongolongma, wild flower, honey nut brown ale. You're sitting on your bean bag. You've got your surround sound system around you. Yeah. Which LP? Which LP is spinning on your plate? Name. The finest sitar musician that you know. Ravi Shankar. Okay, that's what I want. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, there's wildflower honey. It, it, it kind of seems like a bit of a hippie beer to mm-hmm. me. Uh, and I want some kind of funky sitar jams. There's also that uh, that band that you turned up. Alton Gunn, is it? Right, Turkish, yeah. Turkish uh, funk. psychedelic funk yes. music. Yes, I, I could, I could drink this and listen to that and be a pretty happy man. Can you name another sitar player? George Harrison. Okay, fair enough. Can um, you name a third? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> give it enough time. Absolutely. Uh, give me a moment to just Google this. Sorry, go ahead. We don't need to get too deep on that. You, you've exposed my fingernail-scratching-deep, shallow knowledge of sitar players of the 20th century. I had zero. I know the name Ravi Shankar. I wouldn't have come up with it. 
So I think actually there is a, a song called Wild Honey on mm. the White Album mm. by the Beatles. Um, so I think I would like to just put on back to back that that full double album uh, and slowly enjoy this kind of Chong Malongma whilst mm. listening to Dear Prudence and Glass Onion and Back in the USSR. Nice. I think White Album might be my favorite Beatles album. It is a great, great album. Mm. When we... Uh, to delve more into my childhood. When we moved back to America from Australia, um, my mom got a bunch of her stuff from her mother's place, my grandparents' place. And amongst her stuff was her record player and her record collection from mm. college, mm. which for whatever reason, uh, she did not want anymore, so she gave them to us. And uh, we lived in this old Victorian house. My brother and I lived in the refinished attic on the third floor. And so we set up this 1960s uh, record player and stereo with all my mom's like Cat Stevens and Beatles records and nice. Herman and the Hermits yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so she had good taste then. It was great, man. Like she had a lot of good records. Uh, but for for the longest time, uh, I really and I still do really enjoyed that era of music. Mm. And then as I kind of grew up and people were like getting into uh, bon Jovi and Guns N' Roses and things like that. I was still listening to the oldies station all the time. I was a bit of a weird kid. Yeah, I believe you. Mm. I believe you. Yeah. Do we have anything else coming up this week that people should be excited about or interested in? We have a very exciting beer coming in on Friday. Oh yeah, what's that? It is Stone's 25th anniversary beer. My goodness. It's a... Triple IPA? Goodness me. I believe it's a triple IPA. But obviously, beer drinkers know stones. It's one of the one of the big boys of craft brewing in, in America. And they've been around, obviously, for 25 years. You may have guessed. Uh, they've been around for a long time. They make a lot of great beer. They still make great beer. They uh, they have not, not fought against the expansion. They have certainly reached out to new markets and to... Uh, to spread obviously across the United States and then and then export to other countries as well, but they still make great beer. We get a lot of their beer in stock pretty regularly, and we've been really happy with it. We just went through a case of their the Fear Movie Lions FML, which mm. was a, a hazy double IPA. Mm. It was really really nice. Um, so yeah, they you know they're obviously one of the big boys, but I don't think their quality has suffered for it. They make really great beer, so. Uh, the 25th anniversary beer, it's pretty exciting. We only have one case of it. I imagine it's going to sell pretty quickly. And one of those cans is going home with me. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty excited about this. It is a triple IPA, as you say. And uh, I think all of the kind of stone rare stuff that we get in, like the enjoy buy beers mm. we get in, they always sell out really fast. They do. So you'll want to put that can for yourself aside nice and early because mm. this one is not going to hang around in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll uh, update you as soon as that one comes in. We'll put a post up on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those other good places. Um, thank you again to T Bean Pod for writing in with his questions. Mm, thank you very week. much. Uh, a fellow guest on uh, Seeking Sustainability Live mm, with JJ Walsh. Yeah. yeah, a really interesting talk uh, about gardening. Um, to check to see if he's listened this far, I have a question for him. Why did my courgettes not produce any courgettes this year. Do I need two of the same kind of courgette in my garden? They grew really big, but they didn't make any fruits. Hmm. I want answers. Yeah. 
Thank you very much to everyone for listening to the show again this week. It's been a bit of a freeform one, hasn't it? Yeah, freewheeling. A bit like a Ravi Shankar solo. Yeah, sure. Uh, but we'll be back again next week with another maybe more tightly scripted episode. We need to spend a bit more time in rehearsal next week, I think. You go to rehearsal? Once again. I, I, that's what's <laughs> going wrong. <laughs> Nobody tells my people anything. All right, it's been great. Thank you. Have a good week. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.